Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. I'm excited that you're here with us today. Man, we have got such a fun show. Um, Sam Eldridge is here today. He is the author of Killing Lions, and he is the founder of AnnSonsMagazine.com. But before we get into that, thank you so much to Outpost Coffee for your incredible caffeinated beverages. Check those guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. So like I said, we have Sam Eldridge on the show today. I'm excited that he agreed to sit down and talk to us. And we just talk about life in Colorado and venture and masculinity and having mentors and sages uh, in our lives as young men and what that looks like to be a godly man. So I'm excited that Sam agreed to sit down and talk to us. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sam Eldridge. Welcome to the Northfield Nation, Sam Eldridge. How you doing, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, Caleb. Yeah, super excited. How in the world is Colorado? Oh, you know, Colorado is, it's kind of that low point for me in January where I'm ready for summer, <laughs> but it's it's like way too far away to actually be shifting to that. So I, I kind of, I got to be grateful for what I got, you know? Here, are you in the Springs area, correct? Yeah, yeah. We're here in Carl Springs, so it's a uh, it's kind of like a fake winter. Like it's, it's fifty degrees today, so no, that's like, not bad. I, I can't really complain, but nope. I want gr- I want green, man. I want I want warmth. I want shorts. <laughs> so, all right, so Sam is an author. Um, he authored the book Killing Lions. He is the founder of Ann Sons Magazine, which is now, if you put a .com on there, AnnSonsMagazine.com uh, is a website. And Sam is an adventurer. He's an author. Uh, just and he, He's the son of John Eldridge, who wrote the book Wild at Heart. Um, and Sam and I connected just online and... It's been fun having correspondence back and forth, and I, my hope on this uh, this podcast is just to be able to have a conversation about life and ministry and marriage and adventure. So, Sam, what's it? Uh, what's what's your favorite part about Colorado? Uh, it's got to be the fact that we are a block and a half away from beautiful open spaces. Um, I, we go on walks as a family. I've got a, a wife and two young kids, and I need that outdoors, wilderness, fresh air, even if it's right up against suburbia, like block and a half away, and I am in wilderness. Like it's, you can't get that too many places in the world these days. No, you can't. I'm I'm a little jealous because I, I was born in Wyoming. Um, my mom and dad were church planters out there in Wyoming, but we moved to Oklahoma uh, to be next to grandparents, and we just sort of kind of remained in Oklahoma, and oh. I miss that's that's quite the shift, man. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I love your uh, you uh, you were on some your dad and you did some some videos and you guys went up to uh, not too far from Lake City, which is like a little getaway for our family. We like to go ride four wheelers and and just get out into the yeah. mountains. And when we saw when I saw the the video of, of going up. Uh, the Alpine Loop. I literally was like, "Oh my gosh, I've been there!" And just like, ah, "I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to get on onto some four wheelers and go go adventuring." So, what what's it like? What's it like when you when you do these these videos? Which, which my sons and I have been 
very intrigued. We've enjoyed watching all the videos, whether whether it's on bicycles or motorcycles. And, and my sons and I, we've all sat around. We've watched those uh, videos, had great conversations as a result of watching those. Um, what What's it like doing those videos? What's what's your favorite parts? Oof, great. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely mixed. So a big motivator for doing them is like we love sitting down as a family and watching documentaries about beautiful places or great adventure stories. Um, and, and some of them are really kind of that, that palm sweaty, like you're in it, you love the adventure, but there's often like not a lot of content, not a lot of a takeaway. You know, the guy right. reaches the peak and he's like, we did it. And then kind of the movie fades to black and you're, you're let with this kind of emotional letdown. You're like, really? That's all you had to say is like, you did it. Right. And so that was one of our big motivators was, to have beautiful, genuine adventure content that actually had something worth listening to, something worth saying, um, and that was that was the part of the dream behind the, the motorcycle project we did was like let's go do something epic. Let's pull in some really talented cinematographers and mm-hmm. filmmakers who can make this vision happen, and let's have conversations along the way. And man, I when we were planning it. I think of adventure, my brain immediately goes to far fun places. I'm like, Wyoming, Montana, mm-hmm. Patagonia, yep. uh, Scotland, the outback of Australia. <laughs> and we actually had to kind of like stop and look around and go, for a lot of people, Colorado actually is the destination. and It's our backyard. So right. let's just, let's do something that actually is a little bit more attainable than flying halfway around the world and then trying to do a trip. So it was like the whole process from create like creating something with some good content to planning an adventure with your brother and your dad like who gets to do that whether or not there's cameras involved it was awesome awesome. absolutely it's so much fun it's that's exactly how we feel when we go out to to lake city and just go on those trails and just it's, it's so exciting so you've got this book it's called killing lions um what what was your inspiration for wanting to write that book yeah well when i graduated from college um kind of hit the the mud pit that was life without a lot of uh, momentum. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, like I really just needed direction. Things were panning out. I think it was uh, kind of right after or close to when the market had crashed. And so like the job market wasn't awesome. And right. me, me and my friends were coming off of this, this four-year degree um, and I actually felt like kind of more lost and confused than anything. Um, and so the book was born out of genuine conversations that were happening. Like I, a lot of my friends seemed to just kind of try and make it work, make it happen, hustle the company up, be an entrepreneur, you know, kind of pick, pick your own adventure there. Yeah. And I knew I could pick my dad's brain rather than just try and head off into the unknown. I, we, We'd give him a call. We'd have these weekly phone calls every Wednesday, and um, we'd talk about like, "Well, I, this is what I'm experiencing, and this is I'm, I got these questions about money here, and I'm dating this girl. I don't know if she's the one. It kind of feels young, right? But she feels like she could be, and all of a sudden, this really like genuine, natural thing grew into actually. Wait a second, these conversations are worth writing down and sharing at the very least with the few guys in my world. So yeah. we didn't set out having those conversations to 
create a book. The book grew out of things that were already happening and um, nice. It turned out. I mean, it was a it was an awesome project to get to to get to do. So awesome. I, I, I love this. The first thing out of the gate, uh, especially with the video series, you talked about going soft. Um, what do you, what is, what's your thoughts on masculinity today? Like right now, the, the big topic is toxic masculinity and all that stuff. So, Ooh, yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, you, I, you, you have this idea of going soft when it comes to masculinity. What, what does that mean? Yeah, I think we use that term in in the, the light of so much of life these days is meant to be streamlined. It's meant to be comfortable. It's mm-hmm. meant to kind of almost be like user friendly. Um, everything from the convenience of your coffee to your school experience, to the ways that you shop, to, like the whole of our society these days is built on this kind of comfort and making yeah. things easy. And that isn't to say that that's necessarily all bad. A lot of those things are really good. Sure. But the effect of it is that there aren't these threshold moments where guys learn what they have to offer and who they are and these kind of um, pinnacle moments. We call them, the book is called Killing Lions, and we, we call them lions in the book as our running metaphor. Um, and it's kind of reflecting on the old uh, stories of the Maasai warriors. When they would kill a lion, they'd be considered a man. Sure. We're like, we don't have that. We're, Oh, I just kind of drift, and all of a sudden I look around and I'm like, "Holy cow!" Like I'm, I'm 23, and or I was when I wrote the book, and I'm like, "This is, <laughs> what do I have to point to?" I had friends who were fresh out of college, and they they didn't feel like they were men, and they would buy a car, and then they would go like, "Okay, well, I bought the car, therefore now I must be a man, right?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I mean, uh, maybe not. I don't know." <laughs> like if that's really your benchmark, like. Technically, yes, but do you actually have what it takes to to walk in a cultural climate like the one we're in right now with the toxic masculinity stuff? Um, I'm sure you've probably seen the Gillette ad. I have. I did. <laughs> I I think that that like that is a one part of that. That's a wonderful message of like the boys that are watching. What's the message of who you are becoming sure. rather than the cultural of like what's all the damage and you guys need to like stop being men it's this piece of well actually be better or be intentional about this journey and so that that intentionality is a big piece of the book it's a big piece of what we do with the magazine it's like well don't just accept the status quo is kind of inevitable right right don't it's not this and the idea of boys will be boys it's not always bad i mean i remember as as a as a young guy growing up i wrestled with my brothers i wrestled with uh friends and i had you know and there was never there was if my if there was ever a point where i had you know gone too far i'd push the limits with my brother and and or my friends my dad would definitely step in and say you know no 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 no, we're not you know that's you've gone too far but exactly man we we had a trampoline that we you know we pulled it over like to the side of the house and we jumped off the house and we we did crazy stuff when we were when i was growing up and i, I look at myself now my boys the other day they're like hey dad can we pull the trampoline over to the side of the house and and jump off and i was like oh i don't know and like i was just uh-huh. it, there's part of me that's like oh i don't know you might hurt yourself and then i'm like wait a second Ugh. i did that and i'm i'm 40 years old now and i didn't i didn't die i you know there were parts of me that were sore the next day but <laughs> 
I, right? I just, yeah, I do. I agree with you, man. We, we've got to, there has to be a balance. Um, that, that what has I love to, about, go ahead. when you enter into the thing, you actually can affect change and experience mastery. And so like, if you're afraid of wrestling, for instance, like me and my brothers, we all did karate. And we did that in high school. And there's this like fear about violence and the body. But actually when you, the people who were taking the class were some of the most aware and kind and gentle people who like were no longer afraid of the things that they were capable of. There was this ownership. And then you saw that balance, right? Because you can wrestle without actually being bullying or abuse. You can actually have that, that those aspects that are playful that are sure ma- masculine without them being these kind of unchecked things that we like to vilify. Absolutely. So um, when it comes to the idea of friendships and community in, in the world of men, um, it's, it feels broken. I, I've only, mm-hmm. I can only count on my, you know, on one hand, like really genuine solid guy for, I can, I count, I can count on one hand. If I yeah. if I said if you know if something happened I could call in the middle of the night, and I just we just don't do friendships well. Why do you think that is? Oof. Well, <laughs> isn't isn't that like the the thing that every guy can relate to? Like yeah, you, you can you can assume that there's a level of loneliness and longing in probably every guy you meet. Yeah, there really is. Like this, like, and there's been moments where I've had conversations with friends of mine who are they, they've been really vulnerable for like five minutes, and they say something, and you're just like, "Whoa, that's a wound that, holy cow, that's big," and you and you got to, you start to try to dig into that, and they immediately shut that down, and they're like, "Well, you know, let's let's uh, let's go let's go get a burger, let's do this," and so you can you know you can see that there, the shut off is there, like parts of us have a desire for community. And a desire for accountability and for actual genuine brotherhood and friendship, but I don't know. I, I just I'm, I've always, I've been trying to figure it out from for the longest time why it is that we as guys shut off really quick, and it's just it's been weird to me. Yeah, well, I, I think some of it obviously is like the social. Um, oh, hang on. <coughs> Excuse me. You're fine. I think I think some of it is that social kind of stereotyping they got done where men are needing to be stoic you're needing to be uh, this kind of fortress mm-hmm. and also you're hearing these things of no man is an island at the same time right so you've got you've got that one loudspeaker that's that's projecting over you that you need to be this certain way and then you've got social media which is uh, a friend of mine once called it social pornography exactly all all of the glam but none of the actual real experience of what relationships are like. And man, the, the data, the research is out there. Like you're, the more you interact with social media, the less happy you are, the less relationships that are deep, like the ones you're describing, you, you just don't have those. No. And, and, it's, and yet it's also held up there as like, how many friends do you have? How many connections do you have? What are you doing? What, what's, your, what's your Instagram worthy life? Um, and I think that that has really handicapped guys' ability to have relationships in, in the real world, in the yeah. real one-to-one. Um, and, and part of it, too, is that not everybody actually wants the things that they say that they want. Mm. You know, like a lot, of, a lot of my close friends from college, 
have drifted away because it seems like what they want is to try and make things work on their own. And if they just make enough money or if they buy the right car, like things are going to work out for them. And that's not how I see things working. And so we've drifted apart. And now there are two or three guys from that group that, that do want what I want and are pursuing genuineness and relationship. And it's the whole nother level of messy there when you do want it. Yeah. But, it, it's it's rare, and I think I've been needing to learn that like I'd rather that the guys that I do have, however many that is, or however few that is, and it's often on the the fewer side of things. I'd rather have the guys that are that are actually interested rather than the guys who say they are, but they're really not. Yep. And have you noticed the having relationships with older guys is so is so vital? I think sometimes I, I as I grew up. I remember my dad having other guys that were older than me, uh, that were his friends, that would that would sit around and they, they would invest in me, and and ask questions. I, and there was a guy that went to our church for the longest time. Uh, he's now passed on and gone on to glory. But I remember going to his house and staying to his house till like you know midnight, one o'clock in the morning, having conversations just about politics and life. And and I just I remember those times uh, just as treasured moments. Have, have you? Have you felt that same way or been a part of that? Oh, it's huge. Uh, they We call them sages or you know, something like that. But you, you need that. You, you absolutely need that. If it weren't for men like that, whether they're fathers or father figures or <clears throat> even older, men who've been mentoring our parents' generations, like the alternative is it's all up to you. Yeah, You've got to figure everything out. And, and actually... <laughs> history doesn't work that way. Nope. The gospel doesn't work that way. And so while are you all of a sudden needing to reinvent the wheel and re <laughs> kind of learn so much of the Bible is about the invitation to finding ancient paths and to mm-hmm. rede- rediscovering these truths. And, and I also have to admit that I have an idea in mind when I say like the sage mentor relationship, like he's, right. He's kind of grizzled. He's got gray hair and a shaggy beard, and he enjoys smoking pipes. And he's kind of soft-spoken, and it's almost like romanticized. Like social media has gotten into my <laughs> idea of who that person is, right? Right. And and I I really actually had to let that go a lot of the time because if the posture is I want those people, they may be kind of funky and in strange places. And it was like my my Volkswagen mechanic who was one for a season and. I mean, he is not who I pictured. He was this huge guy. I could never get out of his shop without him pointing out everything he was working on. I kind of would get irritated by that. But like I said, I gotta go. Really good. <laughs> so it's just yes, 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 yes. The the invitation is sonship, and actually, can you feel the relief on your shoulders mm. when you know that not everything is up to you, and that those fathering and mentoring opportunities exist and that God wants to bring them into your life. Like I just feel the relief of, Oh, I don't have to carry everything. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. So let me ask you this. Just what's God been showing you lately? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oof. Uh, there have been seasons um, where I, I think there's been a lot of excavation, a lot of kind of deep 
soul work that's been needed. Um, these days, uh, I'm a father of two young kids. Um, something that he's been showing me is that at call to the present, um, a lot of my days are filled with diapers and sometimes vomit and sometimes screaming. And there's the temptation to kind of wait for the kids to go down and then I can have some peace yep. or look forward to when they're not in diapers anymore. And then it's, it's going to be, you know, quote unquote easier. Oh. Um, and even promise you it's not people will say that to me like, Oh, well, don't worry. Like wait till they're in school and then you're going to have a little bit more time. And I found like actually what that's doing is that's making me skip yep. days, days yep. and years with my kids. And as a father, that's making me check out and, the invitation has been to be be present and appreciate the small moments. And yes, it's it's messy and exhausting, but this is a beautiful person who exists in the present and wants you now, needs yeah. me yep. now. And I don't want to I don't want to skip to when it's going to get quote unquote easier, which it probably won't. Like that's, no, it's not going to. I, I have three okay. teenagers now, and I can promise you it's not easier now. <laughs> there's yeah, there's right? elements that are easier. Like, I love that I have a teenager that can drive, and I say, hey, can you go to the store for me, sweetie? And she'll, she'll run and go to the store for me. I love that. Or pick up your brothers or whatever that is. But um, th- there are days that I wish my, my babies were still in diapers, and I was still able to hold them. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I've learned that I'm a fairly sentimental fellow. Yeah. Whatever illusions I had before of being this uh, put together guy has uh, crumbled <laughs> in the palm of my daughter's hand. Mm. To have someone call you daddy and do a happy dance when you come oh, to the door, man. you're like, you're not going to do this for that long. Nope. You're going to you're going to get bored of me. You're going to turn into a teenager who's like, oh, Dad, stop asking me to do things. Don't, like, don't I, touch me. Don't I, don't touch me. I, I, I love the happy dance. I love the stages of. So, so how old are your kids? Uh, one is almost two, and the other is eight months. So pretty close oh. together. Um, but that was that's that a glorious time. Two years old from like two to five. Oh my goodness, the whimsy and the awe and the mm, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm loving it. And, it's so and great. So that's the answer. The answer so is great. The call to to be in the present and not try to like wait for things to get easier or be about me again. Yeah. So you plan on writing any more books? Yeah, I'd love to. We're, I mean, I'm writing all the time for the. Uh, we do a print magazine as part of. We've been doing the online for yeah. over six year, years now, um, and so we're we've rolled out volume one. We're committed to two more issues this year, and and we're we're a small team, so I, I actually have like a writer farm. It's like kind of up to me to to put some stuff down, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually dreaming of the next book project would love to do something uh, a solo thing and um come seeing what that might be awesome very cool all right well i, I just appreciate you and, and the the influence that you have uh this this book is great my son uh, actually saved up the money and got that book and and he's he's been reading awesome. it and he he loves it and uh come on i i appreciate your your commitment to to want to spread jesus to a new generation and to see them come alive to the to the ideas of the gospel. Um, so ha- you got a website. It's uh, andsonsmagazine.com, correct? Yep, that's the one. If you guys want to subscribe there, you can grab the online version and the now print version. Uh, he's got 
beautiful photography, great stories, uh, just some incredible stuff. So check them out. Um, Sam, would you lead us in prayer just to dismiss us out of the show? Yeah, we'd love to. Jesus, I thank you for the ways that you want to be fathering us, Mm. the ways that you are calling us into the present and the ways that you are calling us into new adventures in the frontier. And Father, we do ask today that you would be revealing the ways that you are fathering us in this next season as we enter into this year. We pray that you would be inviting us and giving us eyes to see and ears to hear ways that you are calling us in the new levels of sonship. Mm-hmm. And we say yes in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really good. Well, that was a fun conversation with Sam. I appreciate him coming on the show. I hope that that was an encouragement to your heart today. Uh, I know it was for me. Thanks so much again for everyone who's tuned into the show today. Um, if you'd like to have more information on what we're doing, go to my website, www.calebgordon.com. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR. We deliver technology.